Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. The message I'm preaching this morning is called Through It All. Through It All. And we're going to read out of Acts chapter 9, verses 15 to 16. Acts chapter 9. Stand with me for the reading of word, God's Word. I'm traditional. I like to when people stand up for the reading of God's word. So I'm going to go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16. It says this. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I thank you for this message. I pray right now that I would decrease and you will increase, Lord God. I want more of you, less of me, and none of this world. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. We pray that this message will penetrate to our hearts and our minds. And Lord God, that we can walk by your faith and not by sight. And we can trust for greater things that are yet to come because you are in control. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Through it all. Through it all. And it all started. It, this all started with a reluctant believer. I'm going to tell you something. There's some people at times, they may be reluctant, they may be a little timid, but it all started with a reluctant believer. If you go back to verse number 10 through 18, I'm going to read about this person who was very reluctant. He was very scared. He was very timid. But you know what? God's not afraid of using anybody. He can use anybody who's willing and able. Amen? Who is willing to let God use them where they're at. And so this particular person named Ananias, he was scared. He was scared to go and lay hands on Saul. He was scared. He didn't want to do it. He was like, this man, mm -mm." But let's go ahead and read from verse 10. He says here, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas, where you get there. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Now Saul was ruthless. All right? He was gangster. You didn't want to mess with Saul. Okay? He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him. And so he can see again. Now we read before verses 15 and 16, but I'm going to read it again. But the Lord said, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talking about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon uh, upon your name. So that's the reason why Saul was dangerous, because he was arresting people who were calling upon the name of Jesus. And he was like, nah, you ever got into an argument with the Lord? Uh, Lord, you want me to do what? <laughs> what? No. Oh, no, 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 no. You want me to do what? Mm-hmm. You ain't going to win that argument. I'm going to tell you that right now. And trust, exactly right. And he, you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, all right, you don't want to be used by me? I'm going to go somewhere else where, God, where they want to be used by me. All right, well, Raphael, you don't want me to do something amazing in your life? I'm going to go to Lorenzo. Lorenzo, he's going to handle business. So he had to make a choice right there and then. The Lord gave him specific, clear plans and instructions. He does the same with us at times. We have clear plans and instructions that he gives us. And the thing about it is, I I get like that too at times. God, what's your will? What is God's will? What is God's plan? What is God's purpose? What does he want to do? We already know it because he's told us that a while back. He's shown us that. He brings it right in front of our face at times. And we don't, we're trying to be looking for something else. We're trying to aim for one direction. It is right up there in front of us. And we, just try, we, we don't even see it. And so if he's actually do something really difficult, respond in obedience. And I'm, we're going to read why. Respond in obedience. 
Alright? So he said, I heard who call upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to, your, to you to, 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 that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's my favorite part right there. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight, and then he got up and was baptized. Move, praise the Lord. He was baptized. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when he laid hands on him. And so the Lord has an interesting way of choosing people like Ananias. Choosing a man who at first was like, I'm not, what? I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm going to go lay hands on this guy who's taking everybody to jail. He's murking them. He's doing whatever he needs to do to people. I'm not trying to be next. There's no way I'm going to be next. But as we just read, as we just read, Adonijah was fearful for his life. Okay, he was scared. He heard of, of Paul being the man that he was. He heard about his, his reputation and he was like, you know what, I, I just can't do it. But he, was on, he knew that Saul was making ranks. He was on his way to becoming the top dog in his area. And he's like, I ain't going to his territory. You know, you know. When you know somebody who's dangerous, you're not trying to go in that area. Because if you know if you walk in the wrong turf, something's going to happen. Right? Something's going to happen. But you know what? God don't want us to live in fear. He wants, to live us, wants us to live with confidence. He wants us to live with faith. He wants us to live in trust. And so here he is. He has a choice to make. So he, he said, man, I'm, I'm just, nah, I'm, I'm not trying to do that, Lord. He argued with the Lord. But because he didn't want to mess with, with Paul or his crew of gangsters, he argued with him. But Ananias realized that he would rather risk his life obeying God instead of, instead of disobeying him. And we got to get to a place, we got to risk our life obeying God and disobeying him. Because there's times there are things that are comfortable. There are times that we can, we can you know, we want to dodge certain things that God's asking us to do. And it's safer that way, but we need to act in obedience. Because I guarantee you, once you act in obedience, then, then comes the blessing. Then comes the favor. Then comes the open door. Then comes the transformation, not only in your life, but the lives of other people that you are ministering to. And so we like to look at the story with the, with, the, with, the, with the eyes looking at Saul and Paul. And he was a great man of God. But I'm talking about Ananias because he was the one that God used to lay hands on Paul. See, there wouldn't be a Paul if Ananias wasn't obedient to God and to lay hands on him. So imagine that. There's some people in, in our lives, there's some people even here, that you don't have to have a big platform, but God wants to use you where you're at, and you could be used by Him to make a difference in somebody else's life. And as a result of that, of your obedience, they could be used by God. I'm just trying to be used by Him. If He wants me to lay hands on a gangster, I'm going to lay hands on a gangster, and that gangster could get saved and give his life to Jesus, and he could be the next T.D. Jakes. Amen? Amen? And so we have to act in obedience. So here he is, Ananias is fighting, arguing with the Lord because this guy was dangerous. And he said, I'm not going to go lay my hands on him. But he did. And what happened? As we read in the story, he was, his eyes opened and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So he went in obedience, laid his hands on Paul and a miracle happened. But the, I like the, the, my favorite part of the story is that he received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, I'm going to read that again because I like it so much. He received the Holy Spirit right here in verse 18. It says it right here. Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. That means he got his sight back, his physical sight, right? And he regained his sight. Okay? Then he got up and was baptized. 
And I'm not talking about a water baptism. He was baptized with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so his physical eyes were open and he received the miracle that he needed to have because Paul, God said, I can't use him where he can't see nothing because I'm going to take him on a journey that he never knew was going to happen. So I'm gonna, I need to, uh, his eyes to be open before that journey, even though his eyes are going to be open, he needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's going to make the difference in his life. And so when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was when Saul became Paul. It was when he, begot, he became serious about God's business, and it was all about him no matter what. And he became even more dangerous but for the good guys. Amen? Amen. No longer was he trying to be dangerous for the dark side. He wasn't trying to be dangerous for the, for the villains. Amen. He was being dangerous for the heroes. Because it took a man like that that needed a transformation. It took a man like that, it took a man like that who'd been through it all, who he, he thought he was doing right, but then God got a hold of him and opened his eyes and then filled him with the Spirit, and then you saw what he did in the New Testament. Amen. He did. More than two thirds of the New Testament. Powerful man of God. But it happened right there. It happened on the road to Damascus. Remember the story. We know the Bible, right? When he's riding on the way to Damascus, he has an assignment. And what does, what does the Lord do? Knocks him off his high horse. And he has a revelation of God that leaves him blind. And the Lord says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you persecute. And so that rocked his world. He's sitting there. He's not even able to eat. Because when you get a hold, when Jesus gets a hold of you, he does something supernatural. He does something amazing that you can't even explain. You're like, whoa, my Lord. Lord, what just happened right here? What is the situation? I can't understand this. I can't even eat. I can't even see right now. And then he sends a man of God or a woman of God to lay hands on you. And then, then you receive your sight. But more importantly, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Rocked his world. So he got excited for Jesus. How many people got testimony with God rocked your world? Amen. He rocked your world, right? He turned your world upside down. And now you let loose and you can worship him with everything that you have. And that's what it takes in today's day and age. We have to have that, that encounter with God. So we can walk by faith. That's what's happening right here. That's what's happening right here. Right there. He received his sight physically and then he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Transformation. I believe in transformation. You could tell me all, I can know Bible front and back, but if I'm not living a transformed life, then I'm not living for him. Amen? Transformation. That's what Pastor Mike always preaches in, at Bethel. Transformation. Transformation. Are you living transformed? I'm not talking about transformers. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about transforming for Jesus. Amen? Because they see you how they used to be, and they say, well, that's not the same Raphael that I know. The Raphael I knew in high school was a football player. He wanted to be a, he wanted to be a player. He, was, he wanted to get with every lady. He actually dressed up like he was a pimp for his high school prom. And I used to walk with my strut like I was the man. But you, know, you see who I am now. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I believe in him. And they, they, sometimes they don't really believe that. They're like, what, Raphael? You a, you a minister now? That's right. God chooses the most least likely to be a minister of the gospel. Amen? Just thank God he's not like us. We like to put labels on people. Oh, you so-and-so. You... No, 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 no. God's not like that. God sees us. He's like, I can use you. Oh, yeah, you're a difficult one. You're a pain in the neck, but I can use you. Come on. I want to do something, diff- I want to do something amazing in your life. Amen. There's times I love being around difficult people. Why? Because God can use me to help them to turn around and to make a difference in their life. And they could do something amazing. Because he likes to use people. Anybody willing. Anybody willing to be used by him, he wants to use you. Amen. Amen. So oftentimes, when we respond to God with our obedience, He does something bigger than us. 
But we have to have obedience. All of us struggle with insecurities. Oh man, I can't be used by you. How can I have a ministry like so-and-so? Stop comparing yourself to anybody because he don't want to make you like somebody else. He wants to make you like you and use you like you. Amen? Amen. One day when somebody wants to be like, they want to say, well, I want to be like you. Well, you don't need to be like me. You need to be like you and let God use you the way you are. Okay? Yeah, it's good. We can look up to people. I have some spiritual fathers and I'll talk about that in my message. And I, I look up to them, but I don't want to be like them. I want to be who I am. I want to be used by God in the way he wants to use me. Amen? I don't need to copy nobody's preaching style. I don't need to copy nobody else's uh, uh, anointing. I don't need to copy anything because God wants to use me just the way I am. And he can use you just the way you are. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So he does something bigger than us when we respond in obedience. Let me tell you what happened last weekend. Last weekend, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we organized the first of his kind, of a King's Castle. That's, that's the, the ministry that my wife and I are U.S. missionaries for. Where we we, we, we uh, do um, discipleship for children and for youth, and we help. We go into churches, and we restructure the children's ministry and, and, and the youth ministries. We help them out, and what happens is the kids go through this discipleship process, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they become evangelists, and they go out there and minister to kids in their schools, and they lead people to Jesus in their school, and sometimes there'll be times where the Lord uses them in healing and transformation. So we had this big gathering at Bethel Church where there were people coming from California. There were people coming from Texas. There were people coming from Virginia. We had about 100 people come from different areas into Bethel Church right here in Tampa. And what we did was we worshiped the Lord in the beginning, in the morning. We, we had prayer time, worship time, and then we let loose into the streets. We ended up in Copeland Park. We ended up in Willow Oaks apartment. We ended up in Waterman's Crossing. We ended up in, in Al Lopez Park. We ended up in, in, in uh, uh, Carlisle, that, that, that apartment complex off of Waters. We ended up in so many different places and did ministry there. And God began to use people right where they're at. These kids were dancing for the Lord, making a fool for themselves for the Lord. And people were drawn to that and they were giving their life to Jesus. One in particular that I got to see with my very own eyes was Willow Oaks Apartments right off of uh, Florida Avenue heading towards Fletcher. Over there is an apartment complex. There's a church called Gateway Church, which is an AG church. Right across the street from that church, we had, we had an outreach right there in Willow Oaks. And you know what happened was the lady that was there, she said, hey, you can use this facility anytime you want. So they went ahead and sent an email, blasted everybody, and put stuff on the door. And we get there with a team of people. And at first it was like, where is everybody? You can hear the crickets going, deep, deep, deep. No, you can hear the noise. And I'm like, oh, where is everybody? And I felt stupid at first. I was like, what? I ain't with them. I don't know these people. You know? I'm like, where's everybody? And I went to the office and said, did you guys hand out the flyer? Because they, they didn't let us knock on the doors, you know? He's like, yeah, we handed out the flyer. They're like, okay, well. I told the guys, Put on some music and <laughs> crank it up. We had a sound system like that. We put on the music, we cranked it up, we just we dancing for the Lord and this is having a good time. All of a sudden you see people just coming out of the woodworks, you know, they're coming out uh, they're coming out of the trees and everything. No, I'm just joking. But they come out of their apartment, you see them walking around the corner, you see them and they, they kinda walked like this. They were kinda a little nervous, so they're kinda like should I go there or not? Because they hear so much about Christians, right? Are we crazy? Are we going to brainwash you and whatever else, right? And so they, they're kind of inching their way through. They want to have fun, but they're like, I don't know. You know, can we have fun? And, and so they come little by little. They start moving, and they start dancing with the team. And we're dancing. We're doing our thing. We're doing skits and, 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 and dramas and all that stuff. And at the end, at the end came the opportunity. And I was like, who wants to speak? I was given an opportunity for the 
the team that came from Virginia. Anyone? Anybody want to preach? You know, I kind of got a little nervous. There. I'm like, come on now. You know, you know. All right. Go up there. I grab the microphone, and right there, you cannot be, you cannot be ashamed. You cannot be ashamed. You cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Right there, I said, I'm preaching Jesus' name right here. This is not a church. This is an apartment complex. I understand that. But this is my opportunity to talk to you all about Jesus. And I'm going to share with you about Jesus. I said, how many people are going through difficult situations? They lift up their hand. I said, I won't give you a personal one I'm going through. My mother-in-law got cancer. She's on a deathbed right now. But we're praying for a miracle. We're believing that even she goes home to be with Jesus, she's there in eternity celebrating and worshiping him. And we ain't got nothing to worry about. I said, you can have that assurance too if you just give your life to Jesus. So they start one by one. They start lifting up their hand, lifting up their hand, lifting up their hand. Let them all to the Lord Jesus there. We pray. They, got, they gave their life to the Lord. Afterwards, we had a Holy Ghost party. We went back inside. Of, inside of, uh, she said we can go inside the clubhouse. We went in there. We started jamming. My, this guy, my man Joe from, um, from Gateway Church, he starts doing spoken word. And everybody's just kind of hands going back and forth. Start to fight. It's like going on the hook. And the devil gets shook when you close the book. And the devil will be scared if I step in the ring. I'm going to win Jesus Christ. He's the undefeated king. devil can't stop God's chosen son. I give praise to the Father, Holy Spirit, and Son. At the end of round one, the crowd starts to cheer and get back, saying, Cause the champ is here. I'm leaning back, screaming loud and clear, get back, saying, Cause the champ is here. Jesus Christ is the one the pants is going up, saying, Cause the champ is here. I'm leaning back, screaming loud and clear, get back, saying, Cause the champ is here. Why? Because we can have fun too as believers too. Why is it that we get the impression that the church cannot enjoy the things of the Lord, that we cannot press in and celebrate and worship, and, and the people of the world, they can do their thing, but we can't do our thing for Jesus? And so we did our thing for Jesus, and they were rejoicing. They were loving it. They're like, what? These people get have fun too? Yes, we do. Matter of fact, we have more fun with you because we don't need a drug and alcohol. We got the Holy Ghost. And he feels, he gets, we get drunk in him. And it's different than the drunk that you have with your alcohol. You know what I mean? And so it's a better. We have more fun than you do. Amen? Because we don't have the side effects afterwards, throwing up over our toilet, having that. No, we, we walk up rejoicing because he keeps filling us with more and more and more. Amen? And so our parties are good too. Come to them. Join us. Because I guarantee your life is going to be changed. With people, you know, we have to give them a reason to do that. If we're walking around with like a bunch of sourpusses that we, you know, we don't, we walk around all with me. We say, what's different between them and us? It ain't different from us. And so we got to be different, right? We got to rep Jesus and, and, and know and show him that who, what we're about and, and, and celebrate and rejoice. So that happened. They get their life to Jesus. And so my team, they work really hard. And I said, okay, I know you guys work hard. They're like, well, can we go to the, Pastor Raphael, can we go to the beach? I'm like, we're supposed to be ministering. All right, we'll go to the beach. So we go, we drive over to um, um, Davis's, Davis Island over there off of, of the 60, going towards the uh, Clearwater Beach, that bridge over there. We drive over there. It's a small little thing, beach. You know, we pulled over there. I didn't have time to take them to Clearwater Beach. It was too far. We had, another, we had to go back for the service at night. And we go there, park the car. And the team's like, can we go on the other side where there's the sand and everything? We start walking over there group of us, there's probably about 20 of us, walking there, we're just having fun, you know, <laughs> people looking at us like, what the hell? we had our shirts on, they probably think, oh gosh, here comes this church now, 
And they start rebuking us and laying hands and throwing oil on us and baptizing us in the water right there and then. Oh, you see everybody started tensing up like. And right there, we just sat down. We just laid back chilling. It's like, all right. We just want to, you know, we're scoping out the scenery. We just we want to have fun, right? So go play with the water, kids. Just have fun. Do what you got to do. I'm sitting there. And I didn't have to initiate nothing. One of the guys came up to me and goes, and there was a guy that was playing, had a big speaker. And he was blasting some Spanish salsa merengue. And I'm Puerto Rican. So I'm like, then, then, then I was just getting this sound like, oh, all right, all right, all right. I like that. You know, so he's, but it wasn't, it wasn't godly. So I had to repent and say, okay, I want to dance to that music. Now you put on some Christian merengue and salsa, I'll be dancing with you. Okay. So anyway, so he blasted it loud, loud. And we just sitting there like, and then, you know, they want to dance, but they're like, you're righteous. You don't want to dance to this. You know, you can't help when you hear some rhythm, right? You're just like, and so the guy comes up to me, he goes, Pastor, you think we can ask him, you know, to play one of our songs that we could do on dance here? I said, that's exactly what I was waiting for you to ask. I said, why can't we dance here on the beach? Why can't we rejoice for the Lord and show the joy of the Lord that we have? And so they go there, right? They go there. He says, sir, can I use, can we use your radio? He says, sure. They did not only one dance, they did two dances. In the middle of the dances, you see people, you know, Facebooking live and putting, taking pictures and watching a bunch of crazy Christians rejoicing for Jesus because we have something to rejoice about. Amen? And so we came there with joy, having fun. And it was like, why can't we have fun? Why do we got to be so worried? Oh, we don't want to offend nobody. What the heck with offending anybody? Amen. If we got to worry about that, our world is never going to change. Amen. And how many times they try to offend us? But you know what? Because we're righteous. We don't need to get offended with them because they don't know any better. But we do. We know better because we have a relationship with Jesus, right? And so we know better, but why can't we go out there and rejoice? So we just started dancing, and, and they're taking pictures. And afterwards, we're like, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And there were people just like, these people are crazy. Yeah, we're crazy for Jesus. Amen. And we made sure that the music that was on said Jesus and Jesus and worship and worship and, and left that mark behind. And we were like, okay, guys, this is exactly what we needed to come here to do. And we just said, peace. We, we, we're having a good time. We kept on going. Because at times, we do got to speak with our mouth, but we also got to speak with our actions. We got to show. We got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Sometimes we just want to talk the talk, but we're not walking the walk. Mm. Mm. Well, this evangelist style works better. No, you know, okay, it may, some may, may work, others may not, okay? But if you're talking and also walking it, I guarantee you God's going to use that to make a difference. And so we walked away, we were like, praise God, God used that situation. We were just coming here to have fun, and one of the guys was like, let's, let's do it here, right here, do dances. We did it right there in front of everybody, and walked away rejoicing, because we know that God's planted some seeds in their hearts. And that gave me a revelation. Why not do that all the time <laughs> at a beach? Why not have a group of us go out there and rejoice for the Lord? Huh? Getting down for Jesus, right? Playing some hip-hop or playing some, some music and some worship music in the background. We're just jamming and loving it. And they can tell us to turn it off. We'll keep doing it until they tell us to turn it off. And we're we'll like, all right, then we'll go somewhere else and we'll do it over there. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> See, you don't want this here? We'll go over here when they may want it. Yes. <laughs> we got we to bring the party where we go. Amen? Amen? And all he wants us to do is obey him. That's all he wants us to do. Amen. Obey him. And so we obeyed him at the moment and God did the rest. So number, my first point this morning is through the good times. Oh, we celebrate the good times. Like, celebrate, come on, you know. 
we celebrate the good times, right? Good times, you know? And I would have packed this box with a bunch of good stuff, like, you know, good times. But I don't even have all my stuff. My stuff is in storage in Georgia, so I can't even pack it with good stuff. Anyway, so good stuff, good times, all right? So we, we, we celebrate the good times. And so we see that in verse, we see that in verse 20, 19 to 22. Verse 19 to 22. I got so excited I lost my Bible. 19 to 22, here we go. We read it right here. Verse 19, chapter 9, the same, the same chapter, 19 and 22. After he ate some food and regained his strength, we're reading from Acts chapter 9, verses 19 to 22. After he ate some food and regained his strength, going on to verse 20. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. Verse 21 says, did I read all of it? 21, where is 21? Okay. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come to here to arrest them and take them in, ch in chains to lead them to, to the leading priest? Saul preached... Preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews of Damascus could not refute his proof that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. The good times. His life was changed. He was transformed. And people were like, they were doubting him. They were like, no, nah, this is the same guy. This is, this is the same guy that was trying, trying to kill us the other day. He was trying to come in after our peoples. Isn't that the same one? And here he is preaching in Jesus' name. And so after Saul received his sight and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. But then he went right to work, wasting no time preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. You know why he did that? Because he had, number one, he had an encounter with Jesus and he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, when you give your life to him and then you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but to talk about him. Your life is completely changed. Let me tell you something. When, you have, when, you've been, when you've been changed, right, you want to share that with everybody, right? When you have the solutions to people's problems, you don't want to keep it to yourself. You want to let everybody know that the solution is Jesus Christ. And so he got excited because he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he had Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and he couldn't keep his mouth shut. He's like, say I won't. Say I won't, you know. That's what he kept saying. I, 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 I dare you to tell me not to talk about Jesus. He was about the Father's business. He was about it. He did it. He walked with it because he couldn't help to keep on talking about the Lord. He didn't want to keep his mouth shut. Amen. Amen. He don't want to keep. He didn't want to keep his mouth shut. He's like, I got something to say. I got something to tell you. I got a story to tell you. And they're like, Well, what is it? <laughs> Look at my life now. Look at me now. Look at me now. That's why they asked the question. Isn't this the same guy that we knew from the other day? That's the same dude that was trying to. That's the same dude that was trying to murk us the other day. Here he is. They thought he was crazy. They're like, I don't know, something wrong with this dude. Because one day he was just like acting crazy for the devil. And now all of a sudden he's talking about being filled with Jesus. Something wrong with him. But that's the transformation that happens. That can happen to the most toughest guy in this neighborhood. That he can give his life to Jesus. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Come into this church and, and make a difference here. That can happen to them. But they have to give their life to Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So, so he, got, he got had an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Transform, amen, amen. And so, I want to share a personal testimony with me. I went to Southeastern, that's the Bible College in Lakeland. And when I was going, getting ready to graduate, you know, 
I, I noticed something. I was missing something in my life. I was missing someone in my life. I accepted Jesus and I was living for him, but I didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, oh, Lord, here I am about to go into the ministry, and I'm missing a very important element to be effective in the ministry, and that's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, man, what's going on? And so I'm praying in my dorm room. I said, Lord, I, 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 you know, I've seen people abuse the Holy Spirit when I grew up in church. People who spoke in tongues, and, in the next, and, in, and with the same mouth, they, they're cursing up a storm. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've seen people who, who they were dancing in the Holy Spirit in the church, but then outside they were dancing for the devil. And, you know, I don't want to be that. And I've seen people who were, who, were, who were such hypocritical people in the church, and they were supposedly Holy Ghost filled. I don't want that. I said, Lord, if that's, I really want just the genuineness of the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with you and be able to speak in tongues. And I started praying there, and the Lord just took upon me, came upon me, and I began to feel His love. I begin to feel this passion. I begin to feel this boldness. I begin to feel this zeal. It's come upon me, and I start speaking in, in tongues. I'm speaking in other language, and I'm just like, you know, speaking. Uh, I'm wondering, I'm like, what, what language am I speaking? I'm just praying and praying in the Spirit, and He fills me up. And from that moment on, it's just nothing but boldness and trusting in the Lord. Amen. Because I would not have been able to go to India for four years where they kill missionaries. Okay? You can get killed for being a missionary in India. If I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, I would not have went there. I would have been like, nah, I'm, too, I'm scared. I ain't going there. There's no way, thank you. I'm not going there. There's no way. But you know what? That came, the Bible is clear on that. Okay? When the believers got filled with the Holy Spirit, they had the boldness to go out there and make a difference. And so that's what happened. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He, got, he had transformation. And that happened to me in my dorm room. I was, I was wanting that. I was desiring, desiring that, that intimacy with the Lord and going to a next level, deeper level with the Holy Spirit in my life. And we believe as Pentecostals and some of these God believers that the evidence of speaking in tongues, uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And so that happened in my dorm room. And I just felt the power of God has come upon me and used me. Because an encounter with Him. I went a deeper level with him. I not, not, only, not only did I have a relationship with Jesus and have an encounter with him, but I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so all, it said it right there in verse 21, all who heard him were amazed, saying, isn't this the same man who, cuts, who caused such devastation amongst Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They're going to say that about us. Isn't that the same person that I, isn't that the same man, isn't that the same guy I grew up with? My cousin could say that about me. Isn't that the same Raphael that I grew up with who used to try to fight everybody he came across? Isn't that the same Raphael who was a player back in high school who was trying to get with every girl that he can get with? Isn't that the same? That's the same one? And he's, 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 he's a minister of the gospel? They can, say that, they can say stuff like that about all of us here. But you know what? It don't matter what they say. Who are you now in Jesus Christ? What type of relationship do you have with Him? Who are you now? Not who you used to be. It's who you are now, right now. And who are you going to be? Amen. Because the Bible says He takes us from glory to glory to glory to glory. And so that means that we are getting transformed. And we're getting renewed. And we're getting transformed. And we're becoming conformed more to the image of God. And to the image of Christ. So they can talk about who, they used to, who you used to be. But who are you now? Amen. Makes the better difference. Because you know what? The same people that are talking about you, who you used to be, are the same people who are interested. Why are you different now? And you can tell them. Amen. What is different about you? They want what you got. But the thing is, they don't, they don't have what you got yet, so they're talking. 
But when they get what you get, what you got, then they stop talking. And then they can talk to other people about what they got because they see the difference in them. Amen? It's easy for people to talk about what they don't know. But when they get what we have, then they can stop the talking. Amen? But we can't let them, their talking stop us from doing what we need to do for the Lord. Oh, my friends don't like me no more, so I'm going to have to change for them. I'm getting tired. I said this the last time I preached. I'm so sick and tired of the world influencing us when we should be influencing them. We should be influencing the world. Amen? Amen. But Paul had such an encounter with both Jesus and the Holy Spirit that their suspicions didn't slow him down. His faith was on point. He pushed his way into the opposition. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the confidence to head straight towards the opposition with faith because when your faith is on point, you become confident that God is with you. When it's on point. And I told you last time, when you have that righteousness, that holiness, when, you have, when you're walking with the Lord, you're walking closely with Him, there comes the confidence to go out there and make a difference in people's life. But if you live in a life that is questionable, you're always going to wonder if God is with me or not. Well, one way to find out is where you are with Jesus. If you have some sins in your life you've got to get over, leave it here today in the altar. We'll pray at the end. Leave it here and walk away different from how you come in. And that way you can have that confidence in your walk with Him. Amen? Yeah, we're going to slip up at times. That happens. We'll repent and get right back on track. That's why, we're here to, that's why we're the church are here, to encourage one another. To hold each other's hands up. Remember the story of Moses, that when they were in battle, right? They had Ben, ben and Hur, they had, they had to hold his hands up, right? They had to hold his hands up. And every time Moses lifted up their hands, the Israelites were winning. And every time his hands went down, they began to start losing. They had to hold his hands up. But that's what the church does for one another. We have to hold each other up so that we can continue winning the victory. Yeah. Amen? Because that's the position of victory. That's what we have to do for one another. Hold each other's hands up. That's what we do at the church when we lift up our hands. We're just claiming the victory. Claiming the victory. That's all we're doing. Amen? So when you're on fire for Jesus, when you are lit for Jesus, not everyone is going to believe that you are legit. Okay, so there will be some haters out there who would think that you are just showing off like the Apostle Paul, but don't let the haters slow you down. Keep your faith on point and work your way straight to the opposition. That's one way to go get tested. That's a test. How do you respond when people hate it on you? Do you compromise your relationship with Jesus because you're worried about what everybody else thinks? Hmm. That's the way we can find out where we're at with God. That's how we can check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Amen? And there was, you know, so check this out. So there was many times, and, and, and I'm talking about, you know, people not believing, not, not having confidence in who we are. So there were many times that I was told no in pursuing very, various ministry opportunities. I, there was times I wanted to be a lead pastor, and I got no. There was times that I wanted to be a church planner and partner with certain church planning ministries, and they told me no. There was times that I wanted to apply to become an associate pastor. They said no. You know why? Because they doubted that the Lord can use me, but I just kept on going anywhere. I ain't going to let them stop me. The moment when we start giving up and saying, well, this church didn't think I was good enough to be their pastor, or this church didn't think I was able to, this ministry didn't think I could partner with them to do church planning, and this church didn't think I could be a good youth pastor, so woe is me, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop preaching, I'm going to give it up right now, I'm going to walk away, I'm done, you know. Stop preaching. 
I, there was times I had that those thoughts in my mind. Well, I mean, maybe I'm not good enough to preach. Maybe I just, I, I, maybe I don't preach good enough, or maybe I'm not anointed enough, and that's why I don't get a church, and that's why I don't get this position, and I don't get that position, and I have to work at public stocking groceries and, and doing that full time and doing ministry on the side part time, whatever the case may be. But that's, you know what? We can allow those voices get to us, and we never do nothing for the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something right now. It may not look like they they believe in you, but trust me, when you tap into God's presence and you do what you need to do for Him, they're going to stop talking. And if they, if they will come, they will say, man, I wish I hired that person to be the pastor of this church. Well, you know what? It, it wasn't God's will, so he wanted to bring me where I belong, and that's where I needed to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I could have believed that. You know, and I've been through that. I've been through that. They told me no. I have, how many times I've been told no so many times? And it's like, Raphael, do you ever get discouraged when they tell you no, no? Because it just makes me want to drive, push harder. It just makes me want to believe more. It just makes me want to keep on going. You can say no all you want, but the day will come that you will be knocking on my door, calling my cell phone and say, can you preach at my church? Yeah, the same church that denied me a long time ago. Sure, why not? I'm going to preach the word of God and God's going to do something amazing there. Every one of those disappointing things that happen, as long as God calls you to do something and it discourages you, you keep on walking towards that. You keep on believing. You keep on pressing in. You're saying, I'm not going to let that get the best of me. Here's Pastor Mike. Say, hi, Pastor Mike. I'm not going to let it get the best of me, right? And so that happens. They're going to think that you're not legit. They're going to think that you're not for real. And they're going to question whether you call to do the great things of God. And you know what? You can't let them determine whether you are or not. If God told you that he wants to use you and he wants to make a difference in your life, then believe that and do it. Amen? Amen. And so we got to trust in him. The second thing I want to talk about is through the bad times. Oh, we don't want to talk about the bad times. And I almost filled this box up with disappointments, losses that I had. Right? So the bad times. We want to forget about those. We don't want to even talk about, oh, I don't want to tell them that I've been through that, been through that. Right? Here in verse number... 25, we read here, it says this. So during the night, some of the belie- other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. Paul was faced with opposition. He had the good times. He was wrecking it for Jesus. He was making a difference. He was impacting people's lives. And then come a time, they, they were about ready to take his life. Hmm. He was so used to killing people for their faith in Jesus. And now he's, getting, he's about to get killed for his faith in Jesus. That's a bad thing. I don't know about you, but that's a bad thing. Right? But the thing was, this time, his life was on the line for the right thing, not the wrong thing. He could have died. You don't think somebody said, well, Paul thinks he's something. I'm 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 going to rock his world. I'm going to take him out right now because he's trying to come after my people. So he could have died doing the wrong thing, but this time his life is threatened for doing the right thing. Because he was doing something for Jesus. He was rocking people's lives that they were like, you know what? We've got to put a stop to this dude. And there's times that the enemy is going to try to send people and send different situations in our life to knock us off course, but we've got to keep on going, pick up our pieces together, get up again, and keep on going forward. And so this is the bad thing that took place in his life. But Paul, he was on the move. Then suddenly came this wall that Satan was trying to use to stop him. Some of the Jews conspired to kill him, but Paul found out about it. They were watching the city gates around the clock so they can kill him. He got away and headed to Jerusalem. God closed his season in Damascus and moved him in a different direction. He had to make a choice right then and there. He could have said, well, this door closed here. I'm, I'm done. Let me pack my bags and go. God don't want to use me no more. You know? And if you watch Psalm um, Winnie the Pooh, right? Who's, who's the one at Eeyore? Nobody loves me. Oh, woe's me. I'm done. 
I'm not, like I was telling you before, I'm, I'm, oh, well, they don't want me here, so I'm not going to do ministry no more, right? He could, he had a cho- but he had a choice to make. The first time he faces a difficult situation for doing the right thing, he had to make a choice. So what God was doing was he was closing his season in Damascus and moving him in a different direction. So when it's time for a new season in your life, let God move you before it's time for you to leave. Let him move you. There's times we do go through uncomfortable things. We go through trials and tribulations. And we want to take the shortcut. We want to get away. And we say, you know what? I ain't trying to go through that. There's no way. Let me tell you something. If you don't go through it now, later on you're going to face it again. And you're going to keep facing it again. And you're going to face it again until you get through it. Because God's preparing you. He's trying to get you to another place. He's trying to elevate your faith so he can use you in greater ways. What did I say in the beginning of the message? When you're faithful with the little, you'll be faithful with much. Amen? And so he, that times those trials and tribulations and the testing happened. And so this was a test for Paul. It was a test for him. Through the bad times. Next thing I want to talk about, point number three, through it all. Through it all. Through it all. We read verses 28 to 29. It says this. So Saul stayed with the apostles, went off around, all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. There he goes again. He left one place, he goes to another place, they want to kill him there too. Wow, he had the good times, he had the bad times, he's just going through it. He should just give up, right? He should just say, I'm done, man, I can't do this no more. I was doing good killing people. Now they're trying to kill me. What's up with that? You know? What's up with that? I, I, and he probably thinking, Lord, are you repaying me for all the bad things that I did? Are you repaying me back? Am I going, is that the reason why it's happening to me? Huh? If he's not believing that God's out to get you, then you, you, you're listening to the wrong voice. All right? Because God is a God of mercy and grace and forgiveness, okay? And the one that's talking to you is not Jesus. It's the enemy talking to you that he's out to get you. He's the one disguising himself to be the voice of God in your, your life. And you've got to determine who you're going to listen to. You're going to listen to him or you're going to listen to the voice of the Lord. But the thing is, if you don't know the voice of God, then you can easily get confused. Amen. How do you know the voice of God? You know it by reading his word, praying, and seeking his face, and then you know the voice of God. Amen? And so that he, he probably wondered that. Man... But he was, I believe that he was mature enough because, like I said before, he had an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that he knew that the enemy was just out to get him. And he was going to keep on going anyway. Because if he wasn't for the real deal, if he wasn't legit, he wasn't for real, then he would have gave up right there and then. I'm done. I ain't trying to, they ain't paying me for this anyway. I'm, I'm, make, I'm, I'm, I'm making tents for a living. I'm a tent maker. I'll go do that full time. You know what I'm saying? But he knew he had a real encounter with God, so that's when he, he knew he pressed in and kept seeking God's face. So through it all. So a door closed for Paul in Damascus. So he went to Jerusalem. He tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They didn't trust him. They had a hard time believing that this once gangster was real. Until a godly man named Barnabas mentored him and brought him to the apostles to testify how Paul was preaching with that fire in Damascus. He said, Paul is preaching that fire in Damascus. This man is legit. This man is the real deal. You want to listen to what he has to say. You want to invite him to your church and have a revival meeting there. Because when, I guarantee you, when this dude steps on, on, a, on a platform, when this dude grabs a microphone, he could rock your world. And so Barnabas was like, I'm going to put myself out in the line. I'm going to say this man is the real deal. He risked his own reputation to talk good about, about Paul. 
He risked his own reputation, but he wasn't worried about that. He said, I want to just, I want to talk good about it. I want to share what the Lord is doing here in his life. So there's two things I want, to, I want us to talk about, to learn from this. Give people the benefit of the doubt. And be willing to be a spiritual father or a mother to the younger generation. There's gen- younger generation looking to us, looking for us to mentor them and be spiritual fathers and mothers. And I told you before, even that rascal, that loudmouth, that could be the one that God wants to use and, and transform their life. And you could, be the, you could be just like Ananias, okay, who may be reluctant in the beginning, but be used by God to lay hands and mentor and, and mother and be a spiritual father and mother to somebody and they can make a difference for, for God, for Jesus. Just like Ananias was used to lay hands on the apostle Saul, and Saul became Paul, and look what God did through his life. Amen? Amen. Be a spiritual father or mother. Give godly people a reason to mentor you by proving yourself faithful to God and his church. You know what? You know how we can tell whether you're real or not? When you're here on a regular basis and you're getting involved. That's how we know you're real. That's how we know that you're real for Jesus. That you're making a sacrifice and you say, you know what? We may not have everything that we need. Well, we may not have this, like this church and that church and that church, but I'm going to serve there anyway because that's where God has me, and I'm going to be faithful to that. That's how we determine how you're real with the Lord. And as I mentioned earlier in my message, I'm grateful for the spiritual fathers that have been in my life who have believed in me. Because I told you that there was times that I questioned whether I should be in ministry no more because I kept getting rejected here, rejected there, rejected here, and rejected there. And I, said, you know, I felt like saying, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm not doing this anymore. But I had spiritual fathers in my life. One of them is in the back seat right there at the back of the church. A spiritual father in my life, Pastor Mike. I, have other, I had other spiritual fathers in my life. That, that, that when, if I've gone through difficulties and challenges in my, in my own personal walk, I call them and say, hey, just pray for me. I need you to pray for me because I'm just going through it. And they're willing to do it. They're willing to encourage me. And so that's how we continue to persevere because you have, I have spiritual fathers, but you can be the same thing for somebody else. You could be spiritual parents for a person who's going through it, and you don't know how much more we can make a difference in their life. These guys are making a difference in my life because I wouldn't be standing here right before you today if it wasn't for them. I would not. I wouldn't be preaching to you this morning. I'd be at the hospital with my mother by her bedside instead of being here preaching. But I know that I'm called to do a work, that I have to persevere. God is what it looks like in the natural. I've got to keep on going and chasing after the Lord and chasing after things of the Lord and making a difference in people's lives. Because like I mentioned before, it's through the difficulties, it's through the challenges, it's through the, the, the storms that we go through that our faith is being tested and we recognize who we are for Him. We begin to understand, are we real or are we not real? And if we're real, when we have these storms, we keep on walking by faith. We keep on trusting in Him. We don't give in to the present situations and circumstances. Amen? Amen. We keep trusting in Him. Final thing is through the end. Through the good times, through the bad times, through it all, through the end. We read verses 29. Thirty-one. He says, he debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea, or Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord, and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. So here you have it. You've been through the good times. 
But then came the bad times where he got, they were ready to kill him. Not only once, they were going to kill him again. So he, he went through it all. And here he is at the final stages of this particular passage of Scripture. You see that he was going, he was going through it all. He was going through it all. And that's how life is. You have it good times, you have the bad times, and you have, you have, it, you have the ugly times and the difficulties. And then everything seems to be all right for a moment, but then there's something comes in a way and knocks you right back down. And you know what? We have a choice to make, don't we? We could give in to what the storm, we could give in to that situation that took place in our life, and we could say, Lord, I can't do this no more. Or we can grab the boxes, we can get, grab the pieces together and begin to stack it back up and begin to say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I know I've been rocked by this situation. I know that I might have lost my job. I know, Lord God, that I didn't get the raise that I was expecting. I know, Lord God, that I heard this bad news about my mother-in-law or my mother that they're in the hospital. But you know what? I'm going to keep on walking. So we pick up the pair of the broken pieces and we stack it back up. And then you know we get that faith again but then it comes that storm once again and we have to keep on picking it back up we got to go back we got to go back and we got to say you know what i'm going to worship the lord in church anyway i'm going to come and worship him regardless i'm going to seek his face because it's by him we walk in by faith and not by sight and we trust in him and we got to keep on stocking the back the stocking the boxes and keep on going and trusting and believing and fighting a good fight of faith it may look ugly it may like it may look like it never stopped but i guarantee you Press in and say, seek God's face and the situation will turn around. I've been through it all, but I'm ready for the breakthrough. And I'm trusting in the Lord that will use me regardless of the circumstances and the situation. And tomorrow he may come back and do this again. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get at my hands and knees. And I'm going to continue to pray. And I'm going to continue to fast. And I'm going to continue to believe. And I'm going to continue to trust the Lord that he's going to do something amazing. Because it's up to him. It's not by my strength. I told you before, it's not by my strength. It's not by my power. It's by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Lord of hosts says that clearly. Amen. Amen. God wants to do something now. He's asking you to come, Sarah, come pray. He's asking us to press in. Is that you? You've been there. You fell down. And here we are. We're trying to get you to pick up the broken pieces together. Oh, we could look at all nations and say, man, we were here. God was doing this, and God was doing this, and God was doing this, and we would, you know, and we stack up the pieces, and, and God was doing something amazing and in our life, in this church, and we saw the numbers, and we saw the increase, and then came this situation, and knocked it back down, but to, to this morning, we are claiming the victory this morning. We want to help you. We are here together as a church to say, hey, all nations, we love you. We want to build you up. We want to encourage you. We want to speak into your life, and we come here with love, and forgiveness, and grace, and mercy, and we want want to open the altars to you this morning and we want to pray for you because we are here to build each other up i'm trying to get you to get past where you at and i speak from experience okay i want to get past where i'm at i'm going through my seasons too I'm going through my challenges too, but I am not giving up and i'm calling you this morning not to give up so if that's you you need prayer i'm going to actually come up front we want to pray for you we open up the altars to you You're saying, Pastor Raphael, I, I need a touch from God right now. I need a miracle in my life. I need healing in my body. I'm sick of going through it. Through it. I'm, getting sick of, I'm getting sick of letting the situations take control of my life. 
I want the Lord to move in me and through me. If that's you, Pastor Mike, come join me up front if you could lay hands on our people here. You say, I need, that, I need to have that encounter with God. I, you might have got saved, but you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so you're hungry for the Holy Spirit to fill you. I'm going I'm to open up the altar to you. If that's you saying, Pastor Raphael, I want, I want to enter a, ne- a new season with my relationship with the Lord. I want to get closer to Him. I want to get higher. I want to trust Him. I want to believe Him more. If that's you, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Anybody else? Come to the altar. Come. Come. We, we, we're not going to do nothing weird. I promise you. I'm not going to spray hairspray on your hair. You already got enough of it already, all right? I'm just going to lay hands on you, amen? <laughs> lay hands on your heart. Maybe you have bitterness because you've seen the situations of the past and you're wrestling with bitterness. If that's you, come up front. We're going to ask you to op- we're gonna open the altar. This is for everybody who is willing to be touched by God this morning. Are you willing? You're tired of it. You're tired of the drama. You're tired of running through it all and you're feeling lonely. If that's you, we're going to open up. We're going to bow our heads. I'm going to give a general prayer, and we're going to lay hands, and we're going to pray over you. But I'm going to pray together. Church, if you could join me in prayer, stretch out your hands to the people who are up front. Stretch them out. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you tonight, I mean this morning, Lord. We pray right now that you do something amazing in our lives, Lord. Lord, you see our lives is in your hands. You see the challenges is in your hands. You see the difficulty is in your hands, Lord God. We worship you collectively. We glorify your name. We trust in you. And we know that you want to do something amazing in our life this morning. And so we open our hearts and our minds to you, Lord God. We invite the Holy Spirit to come upon this place. We worship you right now, Lord God. We want to get through it all. We want to get through it all with each other. We want to get through it all with you, Lord God. We want to get through the dark times. We want to get through the good times, the bad times the ugly time we want to get through it lord god but we trust in you lord that out of those situations we will have peace that surpasses all the understanding and so church i'm going to read this verse right before i lay hands on you i'm still having the altars open if you feel the lord want to minister in you today the altars are open but here's the verse i'm going to read at the end and i'm going to lay hands and pray for you pastor mike's going to join me here we go verse 21 says the church then had peace throughout judea Galilee and Samaria and it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit it grew in numbers thank you for listening to this message if you enjoyed it go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and sending it by text message or share it with the link below and they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well thank you very much I'll see you next time